Genesis 32, verse 28. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. I gather in the choir loft of the sanctuary at St. John's with the entirety of our preschool every Wednesday morning at about 9.30 a.m. By that time, the children have had an opportunity to get out most of their wiggles before sitting down in the stiff church pews and learning a story about God from the Bible. I generally try to start the academic year off with stories from Genesis and make my way through up to the stories of Jesus that all culminate on Easter Sunday. When we learn about God making light from creation, we turn the sanctuary lights off and on and off and on, and we talk about what a great gift it is to have light. When we talk about Adam and Eve hiding from God after eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we play hide-and-seek in the sanctuary and talk about how God never stops looking for us even when we're lost. And this year, when I had the foolish idea to teach them about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, we played red light and green light in attempts to reflect on how God offers us the wisdom of when to go and when to stop. Last week, we met in the sanctuary to talk about one of my favorite stories from all of Genesis, Jacob wrestling by the banks of the Jabbok River. Jacob has run away from his family after stealing and tricking his brother Esau out of his birthright and blessing and is about to re-encounter his brother in the morning. But before he can meet his fate in Esau, a strange man arrives in the middle of the night and wrestles with Jacob until he, in a sense, learns his lesson. And from the struggle, he receives a new name, Israel. So in order to bring the story to life, I had the preschoolers line up one by one, and each of them were tasked with knocking me over in a wrestling match. They all came forward and gave it their best shot. Some were oddly more prepared for this than others. And I would pick them up and spin them around in circles. At the end, when one of our last two-year-olds came forward, I let him knock me to the ground, but instead of pounding on me like some of the older kids did, he wrapped his arms around my neck and he hugged me. I was then able to stand up with the boy in my arms and tell the kids the most important part of the lesson. God loves us so much that even when we're angry, God will never let us go. To be a Christian today almost implies a degree of struggle with God. We want to know why a hurricane like Matthew can wage destruction in places like Haiti and the Bahamas and the East Coast of the United States. We want to know why our presidential political system is filled with such vitriolic and hateful language. We want to know why bad things happen to good people and why good things happen to bad people. Yet, even amidst all the struggle and the questions, what a blessing it is to know that God's love is so, so strong that God will never let us go. Amen.